0: And now, Roma Wines, R-O-M-A, made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. Roma Wines presents... Suspense. Tonight, Roma Wines bring you Miss Rita Hayworth as star of Three Times Murder, a suspense play produced, edited, and directed for Roma Wines by William Spear. with Hans Conrad as Elmer in a remarkable tale of... Suspense! One of the most thrilling World Series in recent baseball history. And now, the exclusive that I promised you earlier in the program. A report so sensational that I'm going to devote all of my remaining time to it. I have before me a copy of a document, delivered in person today to the district attorney's office by one Redonia Bell. Redonia Bell was the trusted personal maid of Laura Starling Morton, whom you will remember from the widely publicized murder trial of just four months ago. This document is a statement written by Laura Starling Morton in her own hand, and it begins as follows. Quote, I only regret that it will be impossible for me to be present when this is read aloud. What I
1: shall shall relate here concerns three men. Of these three men, it is not on behalf of my husband Robert that I write, nor on behalf of my husband Charles. This is for Elmer. But I don't think that Elmer will ever see it, for Elmer too is going to die.
0: Laura? Laura?
1: Yes, Robert.
0: Laura, where's my electric razor?
1: In the medicine cabinet, where it always is.
0: Oh, for the love of both.
1: No, Robert, I wish you wouldn't shave while you're in the bathtub that way.
0: What's the difference, darling, where I shave? I like to shave in the bathtub. Well, I just don't like to see you meddling with electricity while you're in there. You might get a shock or something. Yeah, sure, sure, Mrs. Thomas Edison. (sighs) All right, so go ahead. I don't care. Listen, darling, listen. I like to shave in the bathtub. I'm relaxed in a bathtub. I read in the bathtub, I think in the bathtub, and I'm not going to change my habits even for you.
1: I know, dear. I suppose that is a lot to expect. <laughs> oh, boy.
0: Oh. Ah.
1: Ah. 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 Robert! Ah. Robert! It was a good loud scream. Then I stood in the door of the bathroom and looked, a good long look. Then I called a doctor. The doctor called the police. The police called the district attorney. And I found myself confronted by a young man with red hair and glasses, who gave the immediate impression of being clever, unscrupulous, and objectionable. That was Elmer.
0: Mrs. Williams, I'm Elmer Garner of the District Attorney's Office.
1: How do you do, Mr. Garner?
0: I thought that you and I'd better have a little private chat.
1: What about Mr. Garner?
0: About your husband.
1: What about my husband?
0: Miss Williams, I'm going to be very frank with you on a number of counts. I'm what's known as an assistant district attorney. My job. Mr. Jo-
1: Garner, I have just lost my husband. I hardly I'm think. How
0: come is that, Mrs. Williams? The district attorney has put me on this case because he thinks he doesn't have a case. Routine investigation. Now, maybe that's because a DA is essentially a nice man with nice instincts. And I'm not, but I don't agree with him. About what? About not having a case. Because I can smell him, Mrs. Williams. I can smell him a mile away. What can you smell, Mr. Garner? Murder?
1: Oh,
0: I see. <sighs> Good. Your attitude's very good. No phony hysteria, no fake indignation. Realistic. I like that. I'm that way myself.
1: Mr. Garner, I'm trying my best to maintain my composure under trying
0: circumstances.
1: And I must say, your extraordinary insinuation does not make it any easier.
0: Now, look, I know you killed him. You know that I know you killed him.
1: Mr. Garner...
0: I said I was going to be very frank with you, Miss Williams. I am. On your side of the story is the fact that although I know you killed him, it may be a little difficult to prove that you killed him. Not too difficult, but a little...
1: I should think it might, since it's utterly
0: untrue. Now, let's see what cards I hold. You're a laboratory technician. You were before you married, anyway, right? Right. And your technical knowledge would have told you that a man using a faulty electrical appliance while sitting in a tub full of water stood an excellent chance of electrocuting himself.
1: I also know that a man firing a bullet into his head would stand an excellent chance of killing himself.
0: The insulation on the cable of that electric razor was frayed. Now, that might have happened through normal wear. It also might have happened because it was tampered with by you. And then again, as you say, it might not. Would it surprise you to know that we've got your fingerprints all over that razor?
1: It would surprise me more if you hadn't. on everything else in the house, for that matter, Mr. Garner.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> You're a very intelligent woman, Mrs. Williams. You're right. It would have looked funny. You were smart not to wipe off those prints. Very smart, eh?
1: Thank
0: you. However, so much for the means. Now for the motive. We can establish, of course, that you and your husband didn't get along. Unfortunately.
1: You could establish that about many husbands and wives.
0: And that your husband was insured for $50,000 in your favor. And that there's about $50,000 more in community property. And that you inherit, right? Naturally. Well, $100,000 is quite a nice little motive, Miss Williams. But
1: it doesn't prove anything, does it, Mr.
0: Garner? Well, that depends on how it's used by the prosecuting attorney. That's me, you know. I know. Do you have a lawyer, Mrs. Williams? Not yet. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're a very intelligent woman, Mrs. Williams. That would have looked bad, too, if you'd a lawyer right on tap. But you're going to need a lawyer, you know. So it would appear. All right. What about me? You. Sure, I'm a lawyer.
1: You've just finished telling me that you would be the prosecuting attorney.
0: Well, that's just the point. Why well, spend a lot of money on a lawyer who probably can't get you off anyway when you can spend it on me and have a sure thing? You see?
1: Yes, I see. All I want is
0: half. $50,000. No. What's the matter? Too much? No. Oh, look here, sister. You don't seem to realize that I'm in a position depending on how I handle this case, either to set you free or to hang you.
1: That, Mr. Garner, is where we disagree. Dear.
0: You mean you're willing to gamble and I can't do it, huh?
1: If you, if you wish to put it that way.
0: All right. But $50,000 is going to look cheap. Cheap when they slip that noose around your neck. And there she sits, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, cold. Calm, emotionless. The same Laura Williams who carefully calculated, carefully planned and premeditated the murder of her husband. I ask the death penalty. I must ask it. For Ponderwell, ladies and gentlemen of the jury. If you set her free, if you set her free, believe me, this will not be the last accident to mark the bloody trail through life of Laura Williams. And when that accident occurs... When the next victim is struck down, his innocent blood will be on your hands. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, have you reached a verdict? Uh, We have, Your Honor. What is your verdict? Uh, On the grounds of insufficient evidence, we find the defendant not guilty. Mrs. Williams, I guess the sporting thing is to say congratulations. Congratulations.
1: Thank you, Mr. Garner.
0: I'll say one thing, you got what it takes. Well, the jury was evenly divided the whole first day. Do you know that?
1: Yes, I knew it.
0: Uh, so I wasn't too far wrong at that, was I?
1: Just far enough, Mr. Garner.
0: <laughs> say, listen. Uh, again, just a sporting proposition. Tell me. Did you? Did I what? Oh, come on. We're alone here. Anyway, it doesn't matter because you can't be tried twice for the same thing. You know that, don't you? Yes, I know it. Well, did you?
1: Yes! You cheap, contemptible blackmailer. Yes! I killed him! How do you like that? I killed him!
0: Suspense, Roma Wines are bringing you Rita Hayworth with Hans Conrad in Three Times Murder, a radio play by John DeWitt and Robert L. Richards. Roma Wines' presentation tonight in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. the acts of suspense, this is Ken Niles reminding you that football season's here again, and along with it, those pleasant Saturday evening get-togethers after the big game. So here's a tip when you play host. A sure way to delight your guests. Serve Grand Estate Wine. For Grand Estate Wines, presented by Roma, America's greatest vintner, give you the ultimate in wine excellence. Yes, the brilliant clarity, full fragrance, and mellow taste of Grand Estate Wines please the most discriminating guests. To assure the outstanding quality of these limited bottlings of Grand Estate Wines, Roma selects only the choicest grapes. Then at Roma's famed wineries, necessary time, and the patient, priceless skill of Roma master vintners guide each precious bottle of Grand Estate Wine to rich, mellow taste luxury. Yes, the host who possesses all five Grand Estate California wines is sure to please all tastes at all times. For pleasant entertaining, serve Grand Estate Medium Sherry, Ruby Port, or Golden Muscatel. For gracious dining, enjoy Grand Estate Burgundy or Sauternes. Remember the name, Grand Estate Wines. Crowning achievement of vintner skill. Presented by Roma, the greatest name in wine. And now, Roma Wines brings back to our Hollywood soundstage Rita Hayworth, who, as Laura Scarling Morton, continues the reading of a document in Three Times Murder, a tale well-calculated to keep you in suspense.
1: Perhaps I gambled too recklessly with Elmer. I have since had caused wonder. But there were things that I could not foresee as well as Elmer. Suffice it to say that after my acquittal with $100,000 from Robert's estate, I moved into another city and took up my life again under another name. That there is Laura Starling. I met and married Charles Morton. A charming and eccentric man of twice my age, whose genius as a research chemist, accounted not only for those qualities which endeared him to me, but for a very considerable personal fortune as well. But my conscience bothered me not in the least, and I was quite happy, and that as the years went by, I had seen, I thought, the last of Elmer.
0: Yes, my
1: dear. I have your coffee.
0: Coffee?
1: Well, you said you wanted coffee. It's ready now. No,
0: but I have some coffee.
1: Well, you took that out there three hours ago. Now, come in and get your coffee. <laughs>
0: yes. In a, in a moment, my dear. As soon as I finish,
1: yeah. Charles, you come out of that smelly laboratory and have your coffee. Besides, I have a surprise for you.
0: Oh, you yes. Well, I'll be right in.
1: And bring that other coffee cup with you.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Now, what's all this about, surprise? Look. What?
1: Uh, oh, yes.
0: Singer <laughs> <She grew> of <laughs> my glasses in the oh, laboratory. Charles, you're simply priceless. Why, it's a cake. It's a cake, yes. <laughs> this is our
1: anniversary, darling. Our fourth anniversary.
0: It is? Why, so it is. Oh, Laura, this is so thoughtful of you. I... <laughs> I'm afraid I'm hopeless, my dear. I know it's the husband who should be thoughtful, but oh, I. <laughs>
1: you're just you, darling. Now sit down and relax for a while. Uh, yes.
0: Oh, uh, here's your cup.
1: Thank you. Charles, what's in that cup?
0: The coffee. Charles,
1: I'm sure that even in the atomic age, coffee does not come in the form of white crystals.
0: Hmm? Oh, yes, yes, yes. I, I finished my coffee and I was doing some other things then. Charles,
1: what is
0: it? Yes, I You see, at the moment I'm testing. Charles? What? Huh? Why, that's deadly poison. So it is. You see, the thighs radical, follows its tendency... Oh, Charles,
1: I I wish you wouldn't mix things up in the cups and dishes that way. It's, It's dangerous. Dangerous? Well, suppose you got the cups mixed up. Suppose you've planted... oh,
0: Good heavens, Laura. Half the stuff we use in chemistry is dangerous if you go to drink it. But who's going to do that? It's like, uh, well, like eating soap. You wash your hands with it every day, but who'd think of eating it? Huh? <laughs>
1: well, now, you take that cup right back out to the laboratory and empty it and wash it out.
0: Well, I
1: right. Charles? So? Yes? I was wondering, since it's our anniversary... Yes? Let's go out to dinner and celebrate.
0: Well, oh, yes. Yes, I think, I think that's a splendid idea. Oh, my goodness. What? I completely forgot... My brother's coming to see us today.
1: Your brother?
0: Well, my half brother. Charles, well, I didn't
1: I... know you had a brother.
0: Oh, didn't you? Well, you see, he's been in the army for almost five years. He just got back a short time ago. I got a wire yesterday saying he's passing through town and he'd like to see me. So I thought... Does natural. he
1: know you're married?
0: Why, I suppose... Uh, well, I suppose he doesn't. As a matter of fact, we've never been very close. Neither of us much letter writing, you know, and so on. But he's the only relative I've got. And
1: all the sympathy I've wasted on you because I thought you were an orphan or something. I
0: was, practically.
1: When's he coming?
0: Why, uh, this afternoon sometime, I think. Well, I guess there's your answer. I am sorry, my dear. Why, Charles, that's all right.
1: Maybe your brother would like to go out and
0: celebrate with us. Well, I... in here, sir. Hello there. Hello, Charles. Come in, come in. And I want you to meet my wife. Laura, this is my brother, Elmer.
1: There was no doubt that it was Elmer. There was no doubt that what he recognized me. And there was no doubt in my mind as to how he intended to play his hand this time either. For he gave no public sign of recognition. But simply looked straight at me. And smiled.
0: And smiled. And smiled. So, you've gone into private practice, eh, Elmer? Criminal law, I suppose? Mm-hmm. Well, there's no appreciation in this country of men who hold public office, financially at least. <laughs> I, well, you always did have your eye on the dollar, didn't you? <laughs> what about your racket, Charlie? What have you been up to? Huh? Oh, just putting around here in my laboratory. You mean right here at home? Oh, of course. Oh, I guess that's new since you were here last. Oh, well, there's a lot that's new since I was here last. Yes, it's right in there. Right through those doors. Yeah, Isn't that sort of a nuisance for a wife, or isn't it?
1: Not in the least.
0: Why should it be? Oh, now, Laura, don't try to cover up my feelings. (laughs) Just before you came, she was scolding me for carrying tire chloride around in the family coffee cups. (laughs) Well, now, isn't that interesting? Isn't that a coincidence? Why? I was just thinking what a fine setup for a murder. Somebody poisons a chemist in his own laboratory. It looks just like an accident, doesn't it? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you, that Elmer, has a morbid mind, my dear. He used to try people for murder back in Illinois. Uh, I tried some beauties, too. <laughs> well, I've got to get along. Uh, sorry I can't accept your invitation for tonight. Well, but you are staying over for a few days. Oh, isn't it? yes, yes, yes. I'll see you again. Soon. Well, good, good. Oh, don't bother to come to the door with me, Charlie. I know you want to get back to work. Well, as uh, Perhaps attack. Laura will, huh? Give us a little chance to get acquainted. Why, yes, of course. Well, uh, call course, don't forget. Oh, you can depend on it, Charlie. Well, well, well. Little Laura Williams. What do you want? What do you think old Charlie would say, if he knew? I asked you a question. Well, I suppose he'd go on loving you in his own peculiar fashion. And it'll be quite the same now, would not it? There'd always be that little gnawing down, huh? Uh-uh, I'm afraid things would be kind of under strain around here, Laura. You do have a price, I suppose. I might. <laughs> By the way, why are you so eager to pay at this time?
1: I'm happy here. and at peace with myself and the world. I don't want anything to...
0: to change. No other reason? What other reason would there be? I suppose all this property would go to you in the event of another little uh, accident, huh? You don't really believe that. The motive and the means money and poison. How much, Elmer? Oh, no, no, no. You've got me wrong, Laura. I don't want money. When did that happen? <laughs> did it ever occur to you that I might simply be interested in my brother's uh, welfare? No. All that has occurred to me
1: so far is to wonder why I had to pick the one man in the world who's related to you.
0: You want to hear my proposition? I'm waiting motive and the means. It was always the means for an intelligent person such as you, Laura, but if we took away the motive... The motive? The money. The will. No motive, no temptation, you see? I see. And in a way, of course, that's for your own protection, too, because if Charlie ever so much has slipped on a banana peel and you inherited that money, there isn't no a jury in the world that wouldn't convict you, Laura, simply on your past record. You realize that, don't you? Yes. So, you see, no motive and no case either, see? What do you want me to do? Get him to change his will. In favor of his only living relative, I presume? Uh Uh-huh. That's me. And then? Well, that's all. You're in the clear because after that, Charlie couldn't suspect you even if I told him. He probably wouldn't believe it. Throw me out of the house for persecuting his little bride. Maybe even change his will right back again, you see? All right. You can do it, can't you? I suppose so. Oh, I know you can. I know you'd better.
1: Oh, you
0: seem such a strange... Oh, darling, I
1: don't want your money. I only want you you. I know, but
0: after all, I'm considerably older than you are, my dear, and chances are that someday... uh...
1: The whole idea of losing you and then, and then profiting by it. Well, it's, it's just hateful.
0: But uh, who else would I leave it to?
1: Leave it to your brother. Alma? I know it doesn't matter, but... Well, I... Oh, please, darling. For me.
0: All right, my dear. If it really makes a difference to you. Now, don't you worry about it anymore. I'll take care of it sometime. No,
1: I want you to do it now, right away, today.
0: Well, I, I'd have to get in touch with my lawyer. I'll call
1: him for you. I'll get him on the phone right now.
0: <laughs> my goodness, Laura. You act as though it were a matter of life or death. Ambassador Hotel.
1: Mr. Elmer Garner, please.
0: Thank you. Yeah. This is Laura. Uh huh.
1: It's all right. It's all arranged.
0: Is there?
1: Yes, the lawyer's coming tomorrow. You sure? Well, I was standing by the phone while he talked to him.
0: Did he tell the lawyer what changes he wanted made? Yes, he did. Not that I think you'd ever tell a lie, Laura, but uh, how do I know this is all true?
1: Hasn't he told you?
0: No. Well,
1: then perhaps you'd better drop by this evening.
0: Oh, that's more like it.
1: I'll expect you after dinner.
0: (laughs) I'll be there. (laughs)
1: arrived this evening, less than an hour ago. We were having coffee in the living room. Earlier Charles had been showing him through the laboratory. It was not until after that that I had a moment to speak to him alone.
0: Oh, wonderful ch- fellow, old Charlie. So trusting. Did he tell you? Oh, what? A will. Oh, that, yes. It uh, seems that I am to be old Charlie's beloved heir. <laughs> He still can't understand it. Are you satisfied, then? My dear Laura, I was never more satisfied in all my life. Almost evens things up, doesn't it? Almost. You never forgot that, did you?
1: That you lost.
0: Lost? Who says I lost? The game isn't over till the whistle blows, sister. It is for you.
1: Now get out of here.
0: Okay. Okay, all in good time. Sorry, I had to leave you. Those reactions have to be checked every hour, you know. That's all right, Charlie. Laura and I were just going over old times in Illinois. You didn't know we uh, both came from Illinois, did you? No, no, I
1: hadn't realized. Oh, I'm sure I told you, Charles, you must have forgot. Oh, yes, yes,
0: well, right. Uh, coffee ready?
1: Yes. Will you have coffee with us, Elmer?
0: Oh, you bet I will. Anything in it? No, nothing, my...
1: Charles always, always takes his black
0: No, Laura does make the best coffee.
1: Well, here's to Laura's coffee. There was something about his smile when he said it. That's it. And then all of a sudden I saw it. I saw the whole terrible thing. Uh. Don't! Don't drink it! Charles! <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, 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 old Charlie seems to have keeled over
1: Charles!
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that was biochlorate poisoning oh, What a... Ooh. What a... Boom. What a... Boom. Uh-huh The motive and the means And the motive is a real built this time, Laura Because you had to kill him before he changed his will Me, huh? Eh? You killed him! Sure, but that's not what the jury's gonna think oh! And of course, I'll get the money anyway you couldn't very well collect. Because they're going to hang you, Lala. They're going to hang you.
1: Elmer is downstairs in the living room. I am in my study. And once more, I am waiting for the police. There is no escape for me, of course. Elmer knows that. But there's one little thing that he has forgotten The last play of the game. For I've just drawn up a will of my own, leaving my property and everything that I inherit from Charles to Elmer. It's dated three days ago. This statement I shall give into the safekeeping of my personal maid, for Bell, who, after all is said and done, has been the one true friend I've ever had. I shall give it to her with certain instructions for its eventual disposal which I know she will follow to the letter. And that is done. I have beside me a glass of water. It contains biochlorate, the motive, and the means. Because you see, when the police come, it is Elmer who will have to do the explaining, not I. And he will have to explain two bodies. Charles... And
0: mine. But the irony of the document, ladies and gentlemen, the terrible irony is that it was delivered to the district attorney's office by Fredonia Bell this evening at 8 o'clock. And why did the good Fredonia wait until now? Because she was thus following explicitly the instructions of her mistress, Laura Starling Morton, whom she adored, and who specified that the envelope be handed to the police exactly 24 hours after the execution of Elmer Garner. Good night. Suspense. Presented by Roma Wine. R-O-M-A. Made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. This is Ken Niles, and it's my exceedingly pleasant duty, Miss Hayworth, A, to compliment you in the name of some 20 million listeners who must have loved your performance just now, and B, to present to you this gift basket of Grand Estate wines with the compliments of Roma.
1: Thank you, Mr. Niles. Excuse me, I'm a little out of breath. I don't usually kill so many people, at least not in one day. How
0: does it feel to play a murderer? I
1: love it. I've been looking forward to appearing on Suspense for a very, very long time. And, of course, Bill Spear, your world champion producer-director, is one of my oldest and dearest friends.
0: Well, from the way Bill is waving congratulations and blowing kisses from the control room, I'd say he still loves you. Rita, I suppose you'll uh, welcome a restful evening at home after such an exciting broadcast. As a matter of fact, we're having a few friends over tonight, Ken. Well, from your basket here, let me recommend for your guests Grand Estate Ruby Port or Golden Muscatel. You'll find either of these Grand Estate California wines a delightful expression of hospitality when friends drop in. A delicious treat later in the evening with cake, nuts, or cheese. You've sold me, Ken. Good. And Rita, Grand Estate Ruby Port and Golden Muscatel, like all Grand Estate wines, are born of choicest grapes, Then skillfully guided to taste perfection by Roma's master vintners. Necessary time and patient care endow each precious drop of Grand Estate Wines with a brilliant clarity, full fragrance, and mellow taste that bespeak a truly magnificent wine. So, so to enjoy the ultimate in wine excellence, the wine to serve is Grand Estate Wines, presented by Roma, America's greatest vintner.
1: I'll remember that.
0: <laughs> Fine. Say, Rita, we're looking forward to seeing you in Columbia's Down to Earth isn't that the one with Larry Park?
1: Yes, I enjoyed making it. But the picture I'm really looking forward to is the new one I'm about to start. Also a Columbia picture. Oh?
0: Well, why are you so particularly excited about it?
1: Well, Ken, because in it will be my favorite actor, and it'll be directed by my favorite director, oh, the same man who also happens to be my husband. His name is Orson Welles. <laughs>
0: Good night, Edith. Good night. Next Thursday, same time, you will hear Mr. John Lund as star of Suspense. Produced and directed by William Spear for the Roma Wine Company of Fresno, California. Suspense is broadcast from coast to coast and to our men and women overseas by shortwave and through the worldwide facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.
2: You know how to book flights in hotels.